You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to My Victory Church. How's everyone doing today? Good, good. Isn't it a miracle that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through a fiery furnace and came out not even smelling like smoke? I don't know what the relevance of that is today, but anyway, it's just, it smells a lot like smoke, but it's all good. We're here. We're excited. Let's welcome everyone that's joining us online, wherever you guys are around the world. Welcome to Rachel's on there. For us. Welcome. Rachel, it's good to see you. Deborah's there. George is there. Uh, Anthony's there. Felix is there. We've got uh, Jen, Peggy. Good to see you. Sarah. Uh, we have uh, scrolling. Uh, Rhonda's on there. So good. Welcome, Debbie from, from uh, BC as well. Good to see all of you. Give them a big hand wherever you guys are watching around the world. We've got multiple uh, countries that represent really, really cool. Welcome to part seven of our series, Songs of Summer. And yeah, we're at the tail end of it. And I just had this revelation this week that summer is, we're like midway through August already. My wife says to me yesterday, she's like, hey, two weeks in schools. And I was like, oh, stop. Let's just put summer on hold. Jesus, we're going to believe in a God of miracles today. Is that all right? He made the sun stand still once. Okay, no one's, okay. It's all good. Uh, man, we are, the songs of summer, what this whole uh, series is all about is we are releasing songs written in this house, for this house. And this is not just about releasing songs because I believe that to the core of my being that, that God prophetically speaks often through psalmist and through, through songs. And that I felt as the, as the team, you know, we're going through and releasing these songs and, and we were writing all these songs. I felt like there's something different about these songs that are speaking um, prophetically. What I mean by that is, is we're not just going to listen with our physical ears. And, and under, with our just our normal understanding that I want you to listen and understand with, with your spiritual ears and hear what God is saying, because here's, here's why this is important, is because there has, and I'm sensing stronger even as we get closer to the fall, I'm sensing a massive shift in, in the global church. And pandemics kind of have a way of, of I guess we apparently we've, we know this now, but there's of making change. And I believe that what the devil meant for evil, God is resurrecting a church that is new and fresh and different. And God is doing something different on, on planet Earth. And something I just feel really strongly that as we head into the fall, something is going to break through. Something is going to shift spiritually. And I want to be on the front end of the wave of God rather than just catching up everybody else. So I felt like this summer, we want to release songs that are going to prophetically speak to us about what God is preparing for us to come. The first five weeks, we, we kind of lamented on the last year. And, and really that lament is to say, hey, we recognize that, that God is in the storm uh, as much as he is saving us from the storm, that and in the storm, when Jesus is in our boat, we can have peace. We can we can rely on his voice. We can have a hope that is an anchor that's not going to give out no matter the pressure put on it. We can recenter that hope, that focus on God. In the first five weeks, those songs really reflecting that, just saying God's never left the throne. This is what, what the devil's meant for evil. God's going to turn out good. We just need to re-anchor in him. That's what the whole focus of the first five weeks. These These next four weeks... 
which we started last Sunday on, is, is really focusing us on the future and prophetically kind of launching us into the future that we are stepping into another level of faith, another level of, of just God moving on planet Earth like we've never seen in our lifetime. I believe that. Anybody else sense that? Okay, three people. That's great. The rest of us are get, we're going to get... No, I, I, tr trust me, I'm not just saying this, you know... Whimsically, that I believe, like I'm sensing, he's even going to get closer, just this, this anticipation of what God is doing. And there's a lot of shifting going on in our own church. And, and Mark, you know, October 1st, it's a Friday, on your calendar, and we're going to be rebranding and replanting as a church, really replanting ministry. Um, and it's going to be a party. We're going to invite all of our campuses. Our five campuses are going to join us. Here in Lethbridge, we're going to have a party and rebrand and relaunch, and that's going to be exciting. If you're watching online and you can make it to Lethbridge, come on, come on down. We would love to have you. But this is, this is not just about our church. I think this is something that God's doing around the globe. And I, I want to preach today, and, and I'm going to preach today rather than teach. Teaching is my natural tendency, my, my gift, and I feel like that, that's what I do best. But today I'm going to get my preach on. Is that okay? Because I think it's important for us not just to believe in God. I think it's important that you believe in God. I believe that, believe Jesus is God. I believe in God. I think that's important. But I think, and I want to press in, in this next season, I think it's not just good enough for us to believe in God. I think we need to believe in the God of miracles. Believe that God can do things. That when the Bible says all things are possible for our God, nothing's impossible with our God, we need to believe in that. And, and I know many of you are thinking, well, I do believe in that. But here's, here's what I want. I want to make it personal. Because if you're like me, I find it easier to believe that God can do a miracle for you than I find it easier to believe God can do a miracle for me. Anybody else? Like, I can believe that God of miracles that I read in the Bible, that he did it then and he did it for them. I can even believe for your health and your healing and your miracle and your breakthrough. I can believe easily for you that God can do it and I can pump you up and all the rest of it. But when it comes to my own storms, my own situations, when, I, when I'm going through a battle, when I'm battling you know, health and, and pain and all the rest of it, I find it a whole lot harder to believe that God will do it for me. Anybody else? But we need to step into a season that, that we believe in the God of the miracles, that we can, we can confidently know who our God is and that it's not just good enough to coast on saying, I'm a believer, I'm a churchgoer, I'm a Christian. We need to believe that our God is active and alive today because the season that we're walking into is that we're going to believe for daily miracles, we're going to believe for breakthroughs, and I want to see the church of Acts resurrected up in the, in the church of the future, that, that the church of Acts is being one that saw daily miracles, that it saw Peter walk down the street and his shadow healed the sick. It saw Paul laying hands on a piece of cloth, a handkerchief, and sending it out. And whatever that handkerchief touched, people got healed and we saw miracles happening. That lame men walked and blind men see and, and people, we, prisons opened up that we're going to see a God of miracles. Amen? So my question, like we started every one of these messages like this. My question for you today is, what miracle would you like God to perform for you? What miracle would you like God to perform for you? Do you believe he can? And do you believe 
he will? Those are two very different questions. Do you believe he can? And do you believe he will? Because sometimes I need, and I'm sure you feel the same, I need to build my faith. So today we're going to do that. Is that okay? Sometimes I need, I, I can believe God can. Somebody asked me, do you believe God can do miracles? Yeah, I believe, I believe God can do miracles. Do you believe he will for you in your situation? And when I get asked that, I hesitate a bit. I struggle believing God will for me. So let's build our faith together. We're going we're gonna to read in Psalm 29. And David, David believed in the God of miracles. I mean, he saw, David at 17 years old, saw God use him and use, have him use a slingshot to take down an experienced nine-foot warrior. God can do things. But look at David said. He said this, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Now, this is how he starts it, and it's interesting that he starts it this way. Because last week we, we studied the word glory. And last week we looked at the word glory in, in the Greek. That's the New Testament. It was written in, in originally in Greek. Um, and the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and, and parts of it in Aramaic. And the Greek word for glory, we learned last week, is doxa, which means, which means weightiness or heaviness or importance. And so when we talk about, whenever you see the word glory, it's basically the fullness of God or the, the, his full weight and his full importance on this. Now, David starts this, this psalm by saying, ascribe to the Lord glory. And, and the Hebrew word he uses here is kabod, which means, which, which means, again, heaviness or importance or weightiness. And he says, ascribe to the Lord glory. Now he's talking about our glory He's talking about this. So he's basically he's saying, give to the Lord your fullness, your full weight. Don't just worship him partially. Ascribe to the Lord your full weight, your full importance, your full attention. Ascribe to him the, because it's, he's worthy of it. This is what he's saying. The glory that's due his name. He's, he's worthy of what he's done for you. He's worthy of your fullness. You're, you're everything. And here's, here's why this is important. And David's saying this. David understood this as a worshiper. David wrote most of the Psalms. He's a worshiper. Funny enough, I don't think this is any coincidence at all, but David was also one of Israel's greatest warriors ever. And there's no coincidence that, that he's one of the greatest worshipers and he's also at the same time the greatest warrior. And, and the reason why this is the case is because worship really is spiritual warfare. It's worship. And when we worship God because he is worthy, it does something in us. When we give God our fullness, he gives his glory back, his fullness back. And this is what's, what's so important. The reason why he does this is not for religious reasons. The reason why he does this is because of relationship. Let me just put this in context. If I give my wife half of myself, half of my attention, half, you know, just kind of half-hearted, pour into my marriage half-hearted, guess what I get back? The cold shoulder. The pss. Are you paying attention? No, I, I don't. She never does, never does that. Sorry, dear. She's in Okotoks leading worship. So, no, sorry, dear. 
But if I give her my fullness, my fullest attention, I give her my everything, and I lean into our marriage with everything I got, guess what I get back? I get her fullness back. I get her attention back. I get everything back. Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's better that way. So in God, in relationship, when I give God my fullness, guess what the Bible says? He gives his fullness back. This is why I'm pausing on this verse because we're going to get into something. What does it have to do with miracles? It's interesting that David starts this psalm this way because he's saying, listen, if you're going to believe in the God of miracles, which he's going to talk about, in the God who can do anything, you have to, in order for, and in, in this season, I believe we need the God of miracles like never before. And I'm believing for a church that's going to be a daily miracles and miracles like never before and a powerful God like never before. And if you're going to do that, it's going to start with worship. Not just half-hearted, my attention drifts everywhere, half-hearted worship. It's going to require us leaning in. And the response is going to be God leaning in too. David goes on and he says this. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, the God of glory, that's the God of fullness, thunders. And the Lord thunders over the mighty waters. Now, God thunders. Why does David point that out? Why is he, that's interesting. He points out the voice of the Lord and he uses this analogy, thunders. Why? Because he explains in the next verse, he says this. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Right? This is, this is important. He's, he's celebrating the power of God. The voice of the Lord is powerful. Make no mistake, our God may be the God of the whisper. Our God may be the God of peace. Our God may be the God of stillness and grace and glory and all the other adjectives that we've used over the last number of weeks explaining our God. But I want to, I want to say today, our God, make no mistakes, is not a wimp. Our God is all powerful. The voice of the Lord is powerful. He may come in a still small voice, but the voice of the Lord is powerful. Why is that important? Can we move ahead on that one? Um, Curtis, can we go? Voice of the Lord is powerful. There we go. And then the next verse says this, the voice of the Lord, watch how David describes this power. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, a Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And you're looking at this and going, huh? Okay, David, like you're not making sense anymore. Listen, listen, listen. The metaphors that David is using in this verse don't mean much to us today, but what David is doing in his day is he's mentioning and thinking of anything big and powerful that he could think of and saying, yeah, God's way bigger than that. So this is what he's saying, like it breaks the cedars. In that day, without the technology, that was, that's a powerful thing. It, it took, you know, in order to get the cedars, it took, it was a powerful tree, a large tree. How do we take that down? That's powerful. Yeah, just the voice of God can break that. He, he, start, he starts, anything powerful and strong. So today, in today's metaphor, think about anything powerful and strong and, and work it through and saying, anything you can think of and saying, yeah, God's way more powerful than that. 
If, for example, in the book of Exodus, you know, the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt and that whole miraculous thing in the 10 plagues. And, and we read that and going, why did God use 10 plagues to break the Israelites out? It's just kind of, it's kind of weird. And why specifically those 10 plagues? Like, what's the deal? And here's why God did it. What's fascinating is Egypt was a very religious culture. The Egyptians were worshiped multiple gods. And the 10 most powerful gods in the Egyptian culture were represented in the 10 plagues, by the way. Like, like for instance, the, the Egyptian god Ra, I'll just use one of the more popular ones. The Egyptian god uh, Ra is one of their gods, and he was the god of the sun. And so what did God do? One of the plagues was darkness. He's like, okay, Ra has power, sure. I'm gonna blot him out for a while. I'm way bigger than that. They, they would worship Pharaoh. As, as a god, that they were untouchable. Pharaohs were untouchable. They were gods and uh, all the rest of it. And they'd worship Pharaoh as a god. And God was like, yeah, you're next in line, the next Pharaoh in line. By the way, he's not a god. I'm way more powerful than that. That throughout of those 10 plagues, God's just like, yeah. And the reason why I bring this up is because I don't know what you're facing or what impossible situation you're going through or what, you know, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the obstacles. It's impossible for me to do this and impossible for that to happen and whatever it might be. I don't know what your situation is. I'm here to say, yeah, God's way bigger than that. This is what David's saying. Ascribe to the Lord the glory, his fullness. Why? Because whatever is in your life that seems impossible or unlikely with our God, nothing is impossible. And he goes on and he says this, and in his temple, all cry. That's where we are right now. In his temple, all cry glory. That's what he's saying. All cry, ascribe fullness. Cry glory, fullness. God, we need all of you. And the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. And then he says this, the Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses people with peace. See, we read these Psalms, we can read through them and going, it's very poetic and it's very nice and all, all the rest of it. But listen, this is what David's saying. David is writing this as king. He understands kingdoms. And David understands as a little K king that whatever he speaks becomes law. That's part of the kingdom. Whatever the king says becomes law. It becomes the new law. If he says, if the king says, I decree, that became so. And David knew that whatever, the power that he had as a little king, he knew that whatever he decreed would become law. That's the, that's the power of a king. And so he says this, the capital K king is enthroned forever. He said, I'm a little K king, and what I speak becomes law. But the capital K king, whatever his voice says, whatever he decrees is so. That's why he says the voice of the Lord thunders. There's power. And when God speaks over your life, over my life, over your situation, it becomes law. So when God spoke, when Jesus spoke to a tomb holding a dead man for four days and he simply says, Lazarus, good thing he called him by name. Because if he hadn't called him by name, the entire graveyard would have walked out. For real. Lazarus, come forth. That's all he said. And Lazarus, dead for four days, starting to rot and stink, walks out whole. 
The voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord hovered over the waters, as it says in Genesis 1, and, and he spoke, let it be. And the earth was formed with his voice. Our God is so powerful. But listen, whatever he decrees becomes law. So when he decrees to a 90-year-old woman that you're going to have a baby, that's unlikely. But when he, that's breaking the law. And all the women said, amen. <laughs> that's breaking the law. But when the king decreed it, it became so. So what's the impossible situation that we just need the voice of the Lord to speak to? Because here's what, God doesn't use all this power for himself. It says right here, David says this, the Lord, the king, gives strength to his people. He uses this power for us. The Lord blesses, that's, that's happy, fortunate, to be envied, his people. He blesses us, the happiness, fortunate, to envy, with peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. So when something is broken and outside of his will, then he, the Lord gives his strength and loans his strength to us. That's why those of us who believe in him, that's why we are never without hope. Because listen, what the doctor said is a diagnosis. That's not the final word. Our king's word is the final word. What the government says, that's not the final word. The king has the final word. What your banker says, what, I don't care what, what somebody says, you can't, it's impossible. That's not the final word. Our king has the final word. And he blesses us with peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He uses his power by sharing and blessing us with peace. He's not using it for our, his own gain, but for ours. What a God we serve. Job said this in Job 37. He says this. He says, listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. And after that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. That means our understanding says, well, that's not likely to happen. That's not going to happen. Yeah, but the, when the king decrees it, the unlikely becomes possible. But I like how he's, Job says, but he's thunder and he's got power, but it's marvelous and it's majestic and it's holding nothing back. His power is something to be feared, but his love is what makes it majestic and marvelous and worthy of worship. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 32. He says, ah, whenever somebody writes, ah, I mean, you're not just thinking, just like you, you, when you write that out, this is a pause of like reflection of like, ah, sovereign Lord, meaning the, the two things can't be sovereign at the same time. Did you just catch what I just said? Two things can't be sovereign at the same time. What does that mean? There's one sovereign. Two things can't be sovereign. The doctor's word can't be sovereign. The pain you're feeling can't be sovereign. Situation going through, that's not sovereign. There's only one sovereign. One thing can't rule over another. One thing has to have the final say. And, and Jeremiah says, sovereign king, sovereign Lord, you're a sovereign, meaning you have the final say. You made the heavens and earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And then I love this, nothing is too hard for you. 
Lots of things that are unlikely, but nothing is too hard for you. He spoke creation into being with his voice. He spoke peace be still and violent storms immediately stopped. He spoke come forth to a grave and a dead man walked out. He spoke be healed and, and the lame would walk and the blind would see and the leprous would get cleansed immediately. He, the voice of the Lord is so powerful. But watch. Imagine the disciples seeing all this. Imagine the disciples witnessing with their own eyes Jesus walk on water, raise Lazarus from the dead, you know, spit in the dirt and put that dirt, how weird is that? Put that dirt into the eyes of a man and opens him up and he can see. Like, like, like crazy. Imagine watching all of this. Imagine watching Jesus say, come forth, and a dead man walks out. Imagine the disciples watching all this and going, wow, God, you're so good. God, you're so powerful. God, you're amazing. Jesus, you're amazing. And, and watching all this and going, you're all powerful. And then Jesus looks at them in Matthew 19 and he says this, with man, this is impossible. Anybody got some impossible situations? With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, he's sovereign. He's got the final say. And then Jesus said this to his disciples. Look at this. He says, yeah, you've seen me walk on the water. You've seen me raise the dead. You've seen the blind see and the lame walk and, and demons come out. And you've seen, you've seen all these miracles. You've seen these things. You've seen me speak to the storm and it stops. You've seen all these things. He says, but he looks at his disciples. He says, greater things will you do. Greater can you imagine what was going through Peter's mind? Greater. What could be greater than walking on water? And raising the dead, greater. Imagine Jesus looking at Peter and saying, yeah, but you're going to walk down the street. And by accident, you're going to heal everybody with your shadow. You're not even going to know intentionally that you want to heal the sick, but you're just going to walk down the street and your shadow's going to heal the sick. Oh, Peter, you're going to speak to a lame man who's been by the pool his entire life and you're going to, you're going to speak and say, rise up in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Peter, you're going to lay hands on a, on a dead child and raise a child back to life. Peter, you're going to see the, all these miracles. You can see the sick, all these things. You're going to see all this thing because listen, the power of God is not just meant and kept for God and all the rest of it. The power of God, his strength, David wrote, his strength is for us. Greater is he that's in me than all the impossibles in the world. Peter would later write. Man. Nothing's impossible to God. From cover to cover, the Bible shows us this. He moved seas for people. He shut lions' mouths for people. He made sick people whole. He made dead people alive. He opened prisons and doors. All the power we see him using in the Bible, he used for us. Come on. And Paul, when he discovered this, look at this, he would say, okay, when you go through situations and you go through seasons like COVID, <laughs> And you go through seasons where economies go down and you go through seasons where you're sitting at your doctor's office and they give you a deadly diagnosis. You go through seasons where, 
where you're in impossible situations and he's talking to the church in Rome who's being persecuted and, and killed and he's going through impossible situations. He says, what do you do? What's your response when the doctor tells you? What's your response when the economy does this? What's your response when COVID does this? What's your response when the government locks us down and does all, what's your response? What shall we say then? He's, look at this, he says in, in Romans 8, what shall we say then? What's in response to all these things? What's in response to all to the impossible situations? Whatever your impossible situation is, what's your response? If God is for me, who can be against me? <laughs> Come on. Let the God of glory thunder. Let his voice, one voice, one word from God could change your life forever. So let me ask you again, what miracle are you needing God to do? What miracle? You just need one word from God and it will change your situation like this. It's one thing to believe he is capable. It's another thing to, to believe that he's willing. And I want you to know today, listen, the season we're walking into, church, the season we're walking into, we need to believe for daily miracles. We need to, be, we need to know that our God is not only able, but our God is willing to move on your behalf for you in your situation. That God can turn impossible situations, unlikely situations, into possible. A, a couple of weeks ago, Joylee and I were at a, at a conference in, in Red Deer with our, our good friends, um, Pastor Jaken and Becca Mullen. And, and Jaken was telling me this at over lunch. And, he, he said this, he says, he says, man, Kelly, I just, I've been sensing and I've been feeling and, you know, I, I just, I've been praying for daily miracles. And something, just in conversation, he's like, I just, yeah, we just, been, in my prayer time, just been praying for daily miracles. And Joylyn and I drove away uh, from, from that lunch and we just looked at each other and we, at the same time, we're just like, that daily miracles thing, we need to do that. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've been praying for daily miracles. And what is a daily miracle? Daily miracles are, you know, those things where it's kind of like you suddenly encounter coincidences or unusual things happen and you don't really realize that it's so unusual or such a coincidence until after you're looking back then going, wait a second, what, what just happened? Well, you, you wouldn't believe. If I could, if I, I don't have enough time, we don't have enough time to tell you what this week was like. I'm telling you, God is up to something. Something spectacular. The conversations I've had this week, things that have happened this week, just by praying for daily miracles. I don't have time to explain to you all that. I'm just telling you, church, get ready. God is up to something different, something, something remarkable. And I'm looking and going, do I have all the crazy faith and going, yeah, that works for you because you're a pastor. Listen, no, no, no. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, and I'm going, what we're going into, what we need, we need daily miracles. We need, we need God to move and step out in, in faith. And I want to challenge you. This is what I want to challenge you with today, is we need to believe in the God who thunders. Not just in God, but we need to believe in the God who thunders. And I want to challenge you this week. I want you to pray every single day, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and God give us daily miracles. Your kingdom come. Your king, king, I need you to speak in my situation daily. And just believe. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear your story. Stories of what God did. Just after the first service, someone comes up to me and says, Pastor Kelly, I've had back pain 
for years, and it's just, it's like, it cripples me, and my feet swell up, and I just got this incredible back pain. She says, while you're speaking, it went away. Come on. That should become our norm, because we're children of the king, and he fights on our behalf, and all we need to do is be still, but he's all-powerful. So how many, how many just say, okay, I want to, this week I'm going to commit to just, I'm praying daily miracles. I'm going to believe God for daily miracles. Here's today's takeaway. If God is for us, who can be against us? And imagine if God is for us, if the king is for us, when he decrees something, it is so. So what do you need him to decree over in your life, in your family's life, in your business? in your relationships, because we don't serve a was God. We don't serve some God who's only concerned, he's way out there somewhere. We serve a God who's in relationship with us, and he's using that strength and that power for us. What situation could King Jesus change for you right now? Let's pray. God, I thank you. You're a good God. And I thank you for your power. We ascribe all our worship, our glory to you. We're in awe of you. And God, I pray right now that you stir in each one of our hearts. Your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We have just gone through the word and seen your power and read your power. God, I pray that our faith would be stirred right now, each one in this room, in Jesus' mighty name. And I speak to sickness and I command to go in Jesus' mighty name. I speak to dis-ease in minds and in hearts and in anxieties and fears and, and Lord, whatever is wrestling and around in our, our, our minds. Oh God, you bled inside and out. You concerned as much for our health internally as you are externally. And so Lord, I speak health over mental health. Lord, I speak physical health. Lord God, I speak relational health. I speak financial health. Lord, I, th- I thank you that you're, you're creating ways that businesses are, are at, you know, maybe at the end of their ropes and, and, and not sure they're going to make it. Lord, I thank you that it might be unlikely for them to bounce back greater than ever, but God, it's not impossible that you're the God of the possible. And I proclaim that over businesses now, or finances now in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you that marriages, how unlikely it might be, are being restored and relationships are being restored. Lord, I thank you that you're the God of miracles. And Lord, we're believing daily this week for miracles in Jesus' mighty name. Because you're the God thunders. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with with God, listen, it's not religion. It's actually quite the opposite. Jesus came to stop religion. It's a relationship with the King of Kings. It's a relationship with God. Not a God who was or will be, but a God who is, who wants personal relationship with you. And all you need to do to begin relationship with him is confess with your mouth that he's God. That means that he's in control, you're not. Saying, God, yeah, I believe you're God. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose again from the dead, right here you begin relationship with him. It's not joining a church, it's not joining a religion, it's personal, you and him. So I'm gonna lead us in a prayer that does just that, confess with our mouth that he is God. And if you believe what you're praying is true right here, right now, in this moment, you can begin relationship with him. If you're watching online, man, pray this with me. 
where you are, everyone repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs, for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You ask everyone to close their eyes, bow your heads. If you pray this prayer for the first time, would you just boldly raise up your hand and give me a wave and say, yeah, Pastor, I pray this prayer the first time. I want to begin relationship with Jesus right now. Look around one more time. Make sure I didn't miss anyone. Just give me a quick wave. At the end of the service, we'd love to give you a Bible. Explains what this relationship's all about. If you pray this prayer online, just click the like on the comment section below that says, I've decided we'd love to send a Bible to you as well. Isn't God good? Come on. Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv.